Hi, you're listening to The Dive, brought to you by Living Word Press, starting right now. Hi, welcome to The Dive. It's so good to finally be in the studio. I'm your host, Brett Yates. I'm joined by Dr. Josh Waltman, my dad, Dr. Gary Yates. Guys, it's been a couple years in the making, so it's good to finally uh, be here behind the mics with you guys. Um, and first question, I uh, wanted to start you guys off with something, you know, kind of like a softball, nothing too controversial. Um, so first question, what happens to babies or infants uh, who pass away before they have the opportunity to make a profession of faith. It's not exactly a softball, Brett. <laughs> Thanks for choosing such a heavy topic for our first episode. Yeah, you're welcome. Very yeah. welcome, guys. Yeah. yeah, not a light one, but uh, definitely as a pastor, uh, something that's a, a major question, a major concern for people when they're going through the hardest thing in life. And uh, mm-hmm. it's been a question that I'm sure you've been asked before. And uh, so we, we, we're happy to try to address that. So I'll throw it to the uh, senior resource here in the room. (laughs) Dad, what do you have to say here? The first thing that we would want to say in all this is that this is one of those theological questions where we don't have a chapter and verse. We don't have a proof text uh, that that clearly lays all of this out. So, Josh, where do we start when we when we think about this question of what happens to infants when they yeah, die. that's right. I, I think we we have to not try to force something into a few passages here and there to try to squeeze out what we want to find in the text. I think that's first and foremost what we need to say. And I think also we just you know we need to realize that this is a sensitive topic that is a very difficult topic that can be very hurtful some, for some people as they work through this. So so recognizing those things, when I think through the issue and help maybe others talk through the issue a bit. I think it's it's really important to just sort of start with the very nature of God. Who is the God that we serve and follow? And the, the very nature of God tells us some things. It tells us that he is merciful, that he's good, that he's just, and he's fair. It tells us that ultimately he extends mercy. And so in my mind anyway, if that's our starting point, what we find is we, we find that when it comes to... Uh, babies or anyone that doesn't have the capacity to understand and respond to say the gospel or even to make a moral choice that the goodness of God ensures that he's going to treat those those individuals with that mercy and that grace and so I, I would root my my answer here in saying that we have to go who, to who God is first what do you think about that yeah uh, absolutely agree and I, I think of that passage where Abraham is pleading for Sodom and he says, I know the judge of all the earth is going to do right. And so we don't have a, a chapter and verse that clearly answers this question, but we know that God is, is fair and right. And I, and I think just a couple of other things that, that come out. God is the one who shapes and forms uh, the fetus in the womb. And we believe as believers that uh, God is involved in that process from day one. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's true, then I have a hard time believing that God would abandon that child to condemnation or to eternal separation from him if there's that kind of intimacy already there. And then I think even when we see God dealing with those that are sinful and wicked, which certainly would not apply to uh, you know, infants or babies or those that have never made moral decisions, even then God's grace and mercy tends to trump his justice and judgment. And so if God is that, you know, is that merciful and gracious even to sinners, how much how much more would that be the case if we're thinking about 
uh, you know, infants and babies that are not morally accountable and responsible. Yeah. Okay. So you said something there that brings up a question and I'm sure those that are listening to our podcast here may ask it. Babies. Are they sinners? Are they morally responsible? What about sin nature? What do we do with uh, the imputed, uh, you know, sinfulness of Adam? What do we do with all this? Yeah, uh, our, our passage here is obviously Romans chapter 5. Uh, we are in Adam. We are condemned in Adam. We share his guilt for his sin, that, uh, that original sin. We also share uh, his sin nature and those kinds of things. I, I personally would distinguish between you know, the physical death that is imposed upon us as punishment for Adam's sin. But I think the judgment of eternal condemnation uh, would be based more on, you know, actual, actual sins that the person has committed, their own unrighteousness and those kinds, kinds of things. And, um, and, and so they would not be condemned to hell or to eternal judgment because of Adam. But it's more the the condemnation that brings death and those kinds of things. It seems like over and over in Scripture, whenever we talk about the final judgment of individuals, the thing that condemns them, obviously they are judged according to their works. Romans two six, Revelation twenty, and uh, you know that that just doesn't seem to apply with the kind of condemnation that would uh, would come on babies and infants who haven't done those kinds of things. So. As a theologian, sometimes you get funny gifts at baby showers. And so for me, uh, one of those gifts that I got was a, a onesie for my kid that said a little bundle of depravity on it, uh, which, of course, is the most nerdy theological thing that someone could give you. Uh, but I think that that speaks to a, a truth here that, that needs to be pointed out, and you just said it, that we are, in fact, born with a sin nature. That's something that's you know, that's inherent to our reality as people. When we are born in Adam, there is guilt. There is a sin nature that's very present that the Lord in, the, in and through the gospel is going to deal with. But we're not saying that babies, you know, deserve to be saved or something like that per se. Like, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that all of us have this problem of sin, but in God's mercy, he chooses he chooses to exercise mercy and grace uh, on those that are the redeemed, uh, those that, uh, in fact, die before they have an opportunity uh, to make any sort of moral decision and so forth. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to root this discussion in the mercy of God. And obviously they have uh, uh, infants and babies and un the unborn that die. Uh, certainly are, they do not exercise faith in Christ, but yet even their salvation is ultimately based on what Christ did for them. That's right. And the, uh, you know, the sacrifice and the atonement that he provided on the cross. Uh, their salvation is grounded in Christ, even if they do not personally exercise faith in Jesus. All right, elephant in the room. Uh, we often hear when this uh, question comes up that there's an age of accountability, right. that there's a specific age, and all of a sudden when you turn one and a half, you know, you're in trouble, right? You need to, you need to go to church and you need to make a decision uh, when you turn one and a half. What do you think about a specific age? Is it, is it a specific age or is this something that uh, is a little bit more contextual and nuanced for the individual? Yeah, it's again part of this discussion where I don't think you can go to a verse and establish this. You know, Isaiah uh, 7 often comes up because the, the child will be, be born and before he knows the difference between right and wrong. But I, I, this idea of like a formal age of accountability, uh, I, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule of that. I think also uh, uh, 
a, a child at a very young age begins to have an awareness of right and wrong, even that's different, though, from the moral accountability that comes where a person can make a clear, conscious decision to accept or reject Christ. And I, I think that varies from person to person, from age to age, and you know, probably even from culture to culture. Yeah, I mean, the, the truth of it is we can study these things, and I think there are plenty of folks that probably understand it a whole lot better than we do as far as uh, cognitive de- development and so forth. And uh, But only the Lord really knows in an individual's mind and heart when they become morally accountable to the things that they're doing and the, th- the choices that they make. Uh, we can't really make that call. And it may very well be that it's different. You know, there, there may be some people that are 45 years old that are still, for the sake of their mental capacities, they're one years old in their mind, and they still don't have the awareness and the ability to make moral decisions, even though they're 45. Right. So, you know, we, we can extend out this concept, not to literal age, but abilities and that God is looking at uh, where a person is and knows all the ins and outs of that person's mind and heart and ability and, and co- cognitive ability even. Uh, in, in considering these things, right? Yeah, and again, he's the judge of all the earth, and he right. can sort through those things and 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 knows the the heart and and mind of every individual. This is his world. I'm just living in it. He's the creator. Yep. Okay, so two takeaways that I get after listening to this, especially as a new father. One, how thankful I am for um, such a compassionate, merciful God that would be the judge. Uh, and then also to the responsibility that falls on parents to uh, show them the salvation can only be brought through Jesus and, and raising them up that way. Yeah. Jesus uh, was adamant about his disciples, allowing the children to come to, to the father and, and introducing children to the gospel early and often is our responsibility as Christian parents. I do feel like there's one other, like we would be really <laughs> remiss if we didn't mention this verse but we have the passage in 1 Samuel 12 where after David, after his son dies, he says, um, you know, I, I know he's, he's not going to come back, but I will go to him someday. Do you take that as a passage that proves or demonstrates, or would you use that as, as an encouragement to someone to, uh, to have this hope that, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see my child in heaven someday? I don't think that's what David had in mind. When we, you know, when we, when we get this piece of revelation, that this is not some sort of universal statement that can be applied to everyone all the time. I think we just need to take it at face value. And I think maybe you can speak a little bit more to what the Jewish mindset would have been concerning the afterlife. Right. Uh, but I, my, my understanding is that this is not giving us that sort of specificity of insight in terms of what have ha- what, what's going to happen. I think this is more David's outcry that he is going to see his son again. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, one of the things that really has to come into our understanding of that passage is that there's a very limited understanding of what life after death is like. There's right. a, a general idea that, that everyone goes to the realm of the dead, but an idea of like heaven or personal resurrection and those kinds of things really is something that seems to emerge later, like in the prophets. You have Isaiah 25 and 26, Daniel chapter 12, there's some places in the Psalms, like Psalm 49, where it seems that you know, God rescues the dead out of Sheol and those kinds of things. But based on that limited knowledge, I think that makes me even less convinced that really this is a verse that we should be using 
you know, to say that David knew that one day he was going to see his son in heaven and that sort of thing. Right. Good point. Yeah. Sometimes your bundles of depravity grow up too. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't get any less uh, <laughs> deprived. Uh, anything else, guys? I don't think so. Thank you for diving in with us wherever you're listening from. Please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have your own question you'd like answered by these guys, go ahead and tweet at Living Word Press, and we'll do our best to get that answered in a future episode. We love having you listen, and we'll see you back here on the next episode.